This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me You're not gonna do nothing, you are not above me I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know What is poppin' everybody? And welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, it's me and my only friends, which includes, but is not limited to, my man Hunt. What's poppin', Hunt? Hey, Conrad. How you doing? I'm chillin'. How you feeling today? Doing well. Doing well. It's been a little bit uh, delayed this week. Not, not Wednesday. We're doing yeah. Friday instead. But yeah, I'm, I heard you I'm on, glad to be here. I heard you on vacation or something. I was. Yeah, I was in Long Beach for a couple days. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Sounds like fun. You have fun? Yeah, it was good. It was nice. We, uh, we stayed on... Uh, you know what the Queen Mary is? No. It's a, it's a ship that got turned into a hotel. So it's like, it, it lives in the dock at the port of Long Beach. And it's like a really old ship that you can stay in. And uh, yeah, it was fun. That's awesome. That sounds yeah. pretty cool. So yeah. much drama in the LBC, huh? <laughs> in, in the what? <laughs> Hard being Snoop D O double G. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you hang out with Snoop Dogg? For a second. What's that? Did you hang out with Snoop Dogg? No, but the, the, what's really funny is uh, right next to the, the ship where we were staying, there was, they, they had set up for this Halloween festival called Shacktoberfest, <laughs> which is this whole like fairground setup, uh, like run by Shack or whatever. So there was like a giant inflatable shack like next to this ship that you're seeing on screen right now. And this whole setup that they had for a big festival. So there was no Snoop Dogg, but there was Shack. Those are the okay. two guys who are like sponsoring everything and advertising everything in this country, I think. Oktoberfest, mm -hmm. Shacktoberfest, same thing. Exactly, right? Man, Shaq is one fucking large human. He is. We were Imagine at, the inflatable. Dude, we were in Caesars. Um, I think it was with Corey. And we were in like the mall part. We just turn our head and there goes Shaq. And he's like... Twice the size. Of there was, he's a legit seven foot, right? I, like he's yeah. like seven foot one or something. Yeah, I, I recently yeah. saw that it was like um, like facts about NBA stars that you might not know. And facts I think it's about Shaq. Yeah, and one of them was um, when Shaq was ten years old, he was six four. Jesus! Wow. Imagine being wow. six four, ten years old. That's Imagine insane. just being six four. You know what? This guy. This fucking this guy. guy. What is yeah. wrong with him? Mm -hmm. Kick nice, him. Nice legs. Right. <laughs> no, but like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm basically sitting next to a 10-year-old, so. Because <laughs> he eats his good and plenty. Yeah, he's got his candy. There's, and... there's plenty of them because no one else likes them. Hold on. Uh, you eating... can have the whole box, man. You're eating good and plenties? They're not that bad. <laughs> They're... Look, black licorice is better, but like this is like a C tier candy. It's like a it's like a low tier candy, but it's C -tier edible. C tier sounds bad. It is bad, but it's edible. I love how he just says he always reverts to it's edible. Like, like it's not it's edible. <laughs> of course, it's regulated by the uh, the F FDA. I'm I'm sure it's edible. Well, it's I mean, just, I would choose to eat this versus not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but is I, there what what food exists where that's not the case? That's like, what I'm saying. It's hard to find. <laughs> You just have, so you have to start with that first right. question, and then you have yeah. to tear it down. Like right. Black so licorice is better than this. So there's literally no can. I mean, no food, candy Pun food that you just would not eat. Not that I've come across. You're sick, dude. I mean, like the next, that was like that was like the idea of like the shorts challenge, right? Like find things that uh, I can just say that I can't. I can't do it. 
Man, I kind of want to like go through a challenge and find saying, something. There's fine stuff. Find stuff. I don't think there's anything. There really isn't. Sidekick. What you getting into over there? All right, listen. We got a we got a fun show today. Uh, what? What, what have you done? Oh, that's my mom. Oh man, Hugo was here. Mm-hmm. That son of a bitch. Um, he was. He was way cleaner. Yeah, we we have a fun show today. Uh, we're obviously gonna get the strat chat a little bit later with Hunt. We're gonna be going over some fun fun toilet O hands from back in the NAPT days. That's whenever they were uh, they were keeping a gangster back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but first we have a few things to address. So we are going to be giving away an NAPT main event seat. Thank you, Guapo. Uh, we're going to be giving away a 1650 main event NAPT seat at Resorts World. I believe the main event is on the 6th, 6th to the 11th. That's right. Uh, so, um, for those of you that are tuned in, uh, this will be for anyone who is subscribed or a member. All you have to do is chat at any given point. We're going to do the giveaway randomly through Nightbot. We'll be doing that towards the end of the show. So be sure to stick around, uh, for your opportunity to win that main event seat. Prior to that, it's about a week away, right? Close to a week away. I don't know what today. Well, I'm just right. saying that, like, like next you know, weekend. if you yeah. if you want to be eligible, remember you you have to either already be here in Vegas or be able to get here uh, in time. Yeah, yeah. So just keep that in mind. Help. Yeah, no flights. Sorry, kids. Nope. <laughs> Find your way to Vegas. Well, at least it's not a couple weeks later. At least it doesn't clash with the F1. That's true. Well, apparently, I mean, we can get into this as a whole side story, but apparently, uh, they can't give away hotel rooms for F1. They started like they initially started with the markup being so high that everybody just decided not to come, and now uh, Caesars, MGM, and a bunch of other properties are literally comping rooms for. Really? Wow. Oh, that's right. Remember, this was months ago. We were looking at like Circus Circus was like ridiculously priced or yeah, something. Now yeah. it's free. Why? As it should be. Is yeah. it wrong? Is it wrong to just say fuck them? Like, like this is what they get? Uh, no. It seems like it's completely turning into an utter disaster that's uh, what there's a lot of rumors floating yeah. around that it's only going to be a one-year deal now instead of 12 mm-hmm. um 12 was supposed to be 12 years I, I believe so i think it was like six with a six-year option but i'm not pot don't quote me on that i i read i, would think, I read a lot of things i, I would and, think like 98 percent of uh las because they do Vegas the same thing these kids happy for, about that well, well you'd like, rather like have crazy. it. You'd rather have it annually once the shit's already built yeah for sure we don't got to go through construction every year I mean, well, they're not going to keep the the seating up outside the Bellagio. No, so, yeah, but that's, that's not going to fuck with traffic. Like, I that think it just would. Fucks a little bit, right? All yeah. the all the scaffolding, all that, the lighting, all that stuff is still going to be an annoyance. I would think once a year. Maybe, maybe I mean, not like very mild. Not, compared not to like what, not like paving the. Yeah, we've all been going the through roads. this since the World right. Series. But I wonder if they would have to probably do upkeep on the roads throughout yeah. the twelve years. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, you not, know, it's yeah. You're right. It's not going to be like what we went through. Uh, this summer. I, I've also wow. like read some things that those rumors are dispelled. So I don't I don't know how accurate any of that is. Um, but stay <laughs> tuned. I do know that it's not the tourist trap they were hoping for it to be. Yeah. You know, people go to Miami to party for F1 week. Like, it's a big deal. Uh, Vegas isn't selling it. They're, yeah. they're not doing a good job of selling it right now. And it's... Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily the best time either. Yeah, there's just so many things to do in Vegas. Well, it's also it's a week like, before Thanksgiving. Week before Thanksgiving. Like, not, it's, not ideal it's, time. It's like... I don't know. People don't come to Vegas for F1. It's like... I don't know. It just doesn't... Yeah, right? it's also it's also not really a downtime for uh for Vegas tourism. Like the holidays are pretty booming. Yeah. Usually, like end of November through late January is like a pretty bustling time in Vegas. Yeah, I also feel like how much do people actually even care about F one in this country? You know, 
Not even. I mean, the Miami one is insane. Oh, really? It's yeah. getting more popular. Okay. Austin one was also sick. Yeah. Yeah. The Netflix okay. series made it pretty popular. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it must be growing a lot lately. Mm -hmm. We like fast shit here. Yeah, no, I just figured, like, you just uh, you have, like, NASCAR and other stuff that we don't have in Europe. Let me tell you about a game called Cruising USA Hunt. Nintendo 64. That's right. We all grew ah. up on a little game called okay. Cruising USA, and it's True. it's basically F1. I yeah. don't think that game got released in Europe. We had we probably had some alternative European version. Cruising yeah, you UK. Had, you had, like, the Cruising real... Cruising UK. <laughs> <laughs> you can't cruise in the UK. There's too much windy roads. Our, in the our Cruising USA, you're, like, in a 98 Cavalier, and you're speeding oh, there through. it is look yeah, at see, it there we go okay mm -hmm. beverly hills baby yeah that's right. we, we must not have had this in the uk because i keep this I on the screen i want to watch so much <laughs> nintendo 64 but i've never seen this game really? why is he so. not double tapping the gas i remember come I, on don't be a fish <laughs> i remember the first time first time well, when we first moved to vegas and it was like cruising down robindale and i'm like this is like cruising usa i was really having fun watching it Look, landon would have watched you speed run that for the next 30 minutes i would have yep. Oh, I, I love speedrun. Honestly, I, yep. I love speedruns. So does Jeremiah. Yes, yes I, keep it. Yes. I've watched a ton of video game speedruns of games I used to play as a kid. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes. Nobody even got that little Jeremiah needle. I, I got, oh, it. got it. We got, I, got it. We I was just busy watching my new favorite game. Okay. <laughs> Look, we'll get back to that. The reason why it was so good is because Nintendo 64 was the first uh, console where you could actually buy a little wheel. Yep. So you could get like a little wheel and a gas pedal for Mario Kart and for Cruising <laughs> USA. Yeah, yeah. I, thought yeah. You, I thought you had it. I'm, okay, I'm gonna, I had it. I'm gonna I, say had, it. I had Nintendo 64, but I never had like the wheel. Oh, like, I thought you did. I, oh. I wasn't introduced to the wheel until it was uh, Nintendo Wii. No, mm. it might have been Dreamcast. Mm. I'm not sure if it was Nintendo 64. Definitely was our Dreamcast. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure if you had a wheel for N64. Yeah, I don't think oh, it was yeah. N64. It was the next one. All right, book it. <laughs> <laughs> book it. Okay, I, I would have had it. I have an actual question. Okay. Are you guys the first generation with actual video games? No. No. Uh, our parents wow. had pretty Pong. close. Our parents yeah, had Pong. 70s. No, our, our parents. Late, late 70s, early 80s was yeah. Really yeah. Games they had Pong. Mm -hmm. They had the original Atari. Like, my first video game console was a hand me down Atari 7800. Yeah. So that was the first one? No, Atari 2600 was I, the first like, one. I don't think our parents well, really played. actually, I would say, like, the, the Gen, Gen X was, like, the first. No, my like, parents had Pong. Okay, you're right. It was for N64. Matt's good at the Put it on the board! <laughs> yes! Good job, we need, we need to get job. the graphic. We do. Yep. We do. Working on that. Like uh, running tally of who's right. God damn it, yeah. that feels good. <laughs> Doesn't count until we have a graphic, though. Yeah. Sorry about that. We're just practicing until we get a graphic. Man, trust me, I know everything you that they had because I couldn't afford it. You won the exhibition round. Congratulations. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll take it. Uh, you won one with me, too, a sun kiss. I had kiss. everything, so I just can't remember. Yeah, fuck you. Wow, <laughs> fuck you. Check your privilege. Check yeah. your privilege, bro. <laughs> Uh -huh. wait, wait a minute, back to the video game stuff. So yeah. your parents had video games. My parents had Pong, but like in their 20s. Or, yeah, because I would have been... My dad gave me his Pong game when I was like four. That's just the, the beep. That was beep. Atari, right? No, it was pre-Atari. It was literally... Um, what is you, this? <laughs> this is the oh, power, power the, glove for the power Nintendo. power glove for regular Nintendo? You used it for Mike Tyson's yeah. punch-out. So... Well, Pong, know. Pong. What what console was Pong on? It was it was it was no console. It was this handheld uh, controller that hardwired into the TV. Yeah, and it had oh. one game on it. And it was Pong. It had one game on it. So it, it, it hooked two up. lines and a and a, and a, a mm -hmm. ball. Dot. And it just hooked up to the antenna portion, like where you put the coaxial. Gotcha. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just hooked up there, mm -hmm. and yeah, this it was is all foreign to Landon. For sure. So that was the first thing I had, <laughs> and then I got a hand me down Atari seventy eight hundred when I was like. Eight. That was a mm. divorce gift. 
<laughs> Remember the Commodore 64? Uh, that was pre-Atari, I think. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. not. Atari 2600 might have been the first yeah. console. I don't know. It could have been Commodore. When was sure. the first place? I don't know if it was 64. So, I don't know why. like, okay, go evolution-wise, yeah. right? It goes... There it is. This is Pong. Yeah. And then there's the Atari thing. Atari 2600, yeah. A- and then there it was... was like 1979, maybe? After Atari came Nintendo. Nintendo was the game changer. Yeah. 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 Nintendo came out with... Super Mario, Super Mario Bros. Bros. Like N64, right? No, no, no. no, 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 no. no. There's eventually, two before eventually. that. NES, so Super the, NES, the first, N64. The first Nintendo was 8-bit. Eight eight bit. So it was 8-bit, and then Super that was Nintendo out for a while. Was 16-bit. And, and Sega Genesis came out right around the same time. 32-bit. So yeah. No, no. Sega Genesis was 16 as well. Yeah. Sega Genesis oh. was yeah. the same as Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo. And then after that um, came Nintendo. There was a 32-bit. Well, n- I, thought, was a, Nintendo, I thought Sega was 32 n- How it worked is Nintendo well, got the big <laughs> advantage in the market because they skipped 32-bit, right? So yeah, and they went They right. went from the Super NES at 16-bit to the N64. Or, right. And then you had it up on the side. Wait, do you want to book it, Burke? The, the PlayStation 1. <laughs> he doesn't want to book it. PlayStation 1 <laughs> was 32-bit, as far as I remember. Right. So, like, the N64 mm-hmm. and the PS1 had, like, a rivalry, but the N64 had better technology, and most people were gravitating towards that I thought there effect. was some off brand that had a 32 bit but maybe not god there was one. But yeah you might be right there what? was so like my favorite games for speed run real quick Super Nintendo Goldeneye um that was that was N64 N64 sorry yeah. um it's a classic um what's the next one Dreamcast Tony Hawk Pro Skater mm. god I love that game I had that on PlayStation 2 yeah, yeah. Dude, I actually, I actually have it on. I have they re-released, like they remade it, and I have it on PS5 as well. I, really I have it on my um. What do you call the, the little, Switch? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how many? How there many, were a bunch of consoles that didn't make it, like Dreamcast. Yeah. How many? Uh, how many bit is uh, PlayStation Five up to? <laughs> I, I, a lot of bits. I think it's just so the many bits. That. Man, my first game. Yeah, PlayStation like, One was thirty-two bit. You're correct. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Dreamcast was thirty-two bit. I guess, and then eventually 64 and then died. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, that was that was pretty much the evolution of, of man when it came to video game and consoles. And PlayStation is... There was a Sega Saturn that never Sega made it. Sega Saturn, I forgot I about that. Sega Saturn, yes. Yeah. You, but do you guys was all that 32-bit? You yeah. all had these game consoles? I had no, every game no. console and every Rich game. Rich kids had them. Right. I, I had Nintendo... Super yeah, Nintendo and then Nintendo like, 64. That was these, the last game console I ever owned. You, you went to friends' houses and like someone had one of them and you just yeah. played on that yeah. one. Right. It wasn't like yeah. someone just had all of them. I would, get con- house. I would get consoles after the new console already came out. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, you were a laggard. Yeah, I got my Nintendo six or sorry, I got my Nintendo Super Nintendo uh, when I was like fourteen. At this point, sixty four was already out. Lamana already had it. And then I, I think we had, you had Nintendo 64. No, I never had Nintendo 64. I mean, you had Super Nintendo before Nintendo. Because we used to play... Um, Maybe what I was, was that 12. baseball? The Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. baseball. It was Cal Ripken Jr. baseball. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Poor Kashubsky. Yes. It was like my 10th like or 11th birthday party. So you're right. I did have it sooner. Mm-hmm. There was uh, the ESPN one too where we just yeah. had... Oh. Back, 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 back. Yep. Gone! We I had a sleepover for my birthday and I was like violently sick with the flu where eventually i just like ended up having to leave my own party and go sit in a cold bath to bring down my temperature but prior to that ice bath it was me jace lamana and this kid brian kashupski who is my neighbor that uh we became friends basically because my mom knew his mom kind of thing and lamana honestly lamana and i did to him 
what me and my other friends did to Lamanna. Exactly. Oh, it was so nice to be on the other side of that. <laughs> I tell you, it was. I see how the joy you got out yeah. of it, just torturing yeah. people. So you would hit Fucking a home asshole. run. You would hit a home run in this Cal Ripken Junior baseball game, and it would play the what is it, the eighteen twelve, 12 overture. overture. Yeah, and it would just start playing it, and we were dropping bombs. And Kashupski was getting so mad, so we're just sitting there going da 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 for hours. And he got so pissed in like one. He went home. Yeah, he went home. He went home. I threw up. It was a good time had by all. Uh, everyone had a blast. I, good I had a times. friend who had a habit of when he was losing, you just like get up and switch the console off. Oh just yeah, like, yep. just like yeah. snap, mm-hmm. quit, like make everyone rage quit by turning the console off. Yeah, I could see that, that. made people mad. Uh, it, it's, this was the game. This I, th- the- I believe this was the game. Um, but I, I will say that baseball games, in spite of the fact of graphics getting better, they got worse with every new console. The best games ever created, for sure, were on Nintendo. Mm-hmm. It was bases loaded and RBI baseball. Oh, man. those are for. And it's funny because like the games bases are so rudimentary. So the games are so rudimentary that your entire defense moves together. Mm-hmm. So if a ball's hitting the outfield and you're trying to chase it down and you need to go from like center field to right field, your whole defense <laughs> just goes to the right. It's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, those were... Okay, childhood. That was fun. Uh, Conrad, why <laughs> See, don't, that's why I'm still here at 10. Why don't you take us into the weekend, buddy? It's time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fucking go! <laughs> it has to stay, obviously. That's, I think it's perfect. All right, all right, all right, guys. You know what? It's time for the weekend. We have our picks. We're doing a little underdog fantasy. We got some higher lowers. I need to make a comeback. I need. We need to do some shit. I'm going to go around the room. Let's see what shit's popping. Psychic, what you doing this week? You need to make a comeback? I, 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 you're dead and gone, man. Can you fucking mute his mic? Lamanna, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> well, I know what you're doing, so I have to counteract that. And I am going to take one Jalen Warren with the higher of 26. Whoa. I thought, I thought it was 24 and a half. Well, 20, it doesn't matter. He's going to have 50. So 26 and a half. That's 26 nice and a half one. yards. Like the last, I, you know, I'm, I've been looking. I've been doing my research. Last, uh, Four games, he's crossed that crossed mark. That. Yeah, the Jags are middle of the pack when it comes to uh, rush defense, so I think we'll be just fine. Hey, you want to uh, had him the last four games? You did this guy. <laughs> no, you can't pick it last week. Yeah, I did have Kenny pick it last week. What's popping, Landon? What you doing? I'm gonna go Mostert higher. Okay, I like that. I think Dolphin Sharp. I, I like that I keep having to pick Dolphins things. <laughs> um, Miami. The line seems weird, like in the way that they wrote Miami versus New England, because it's in Miami. I wasn't sure if it was in New well, it in would Miami say or at, not. No, it would say, yeah, it would at, say at New England. New England. Mm-hmm. It would say at? Yes. Okay, because normally they got it. They just go alphabetical. Right, yeah. right, right. So home home fins playing Down not, bad. not the greatest team. Yeah. You know he didn't get that last week, right? It's I'm, okay. That's because he played. They played Philly. The birds. Mm, the birds. The birds. Bird, the birds. Birds rush D. Very Much good. good. Much, Much good. good. Much good. Patriots rush D. Much bad. Mucho bad. Defense in general, that's, not great. That's Spanish, right, Guapo? Uh, that's they pretty did good. beat the Bills last week as well. Who knows? Yeah, in New England. They beat the Bills at home. Like, yeah. home, home last field. Last play of the game. No, we're with you. The Landon. Jets beat the Bills. We support this pick. The Jets are the best. We, mm-hmm. Okay, everyone but Conrad supports this pick. I like this pick. I kind of like, no, like, like the Jalen Waddle higher, too. It was, I want to say it was four and a half receptions. Mm. 
Dolphins offense is just really good. Yeah. Like that's churning. okay. You're it's allowed churning, to just keep going higher on good offense. That's true. Wait, so you're telling Which me Which is why every week I am here to pick the higher on the Steelers offense. On the worst <laughs> yeah. offense in the league. Let's go. Anyway. Kenny Pickett, higher than two hundred and sixteen and a half yards. This is you heard it here first, team. Lock of the century. Okay. <laughs> this is my gridiron, Iron. Iron City, lock of the week. Let's Kenny Pickett, go. 216 and a half versus the down bad Jags. We're going to win the game 9 to 6. <laughs> They're 5 and 2. <laughs> it's going to be, we're going to win 9 to 6. Uh. Fucking Trevor Lawrence is out here talking about those little yellow towels that they swirl around. He's going to learn real quick. Wait. About the he ghost was of Myron. shit on the on the uh, terrible. Towns. It was unintentional shit talk, but trust me, it's bulletin board oh, material. It's, yeah, <laughs> somebody somebody goes, "Do you are you too young to know what a terrible towel is?" He goes, "No, no, no, I know what they are. Those little yellow towels they wave around, huh?" Uh, <laughs> does he does he not remember when uh, who was it from the Titans that was stomping on? Oh, the yeah. terrible that they found out. He real found quick, out real quick, real quick. Yeah. yeah when, Wait, so going when back, Mazzotta going back wiped to his the, ass with it. Going he back found to the out. bill, the the bills. You, you're telling me that. Josh Allen already this season has lost to Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. Jones Mac, whatever his name is. Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. Jones Mac. It is, it is true. Yeah. Damn. It Bills are down bad. Guapo. They won, yes, they won last night. What you feeling? Uh, no MMA this weekend. Mm. Wow. So, Very unlucky. So you're back to kickers. <laughs> they really, <laughs> they, they really Daniel, fuck you over. Yeah, Daniel Carlson. So like you, you always default to kickers. Yeah. Six points is high. The bro. reason I'm picking Mr. Carlson is because when you kick, when you kick the ball through the uh, the uprights, mm-hmm. the yellow thing, mm-hmm. you get points. The terrible towel. Right. I think he's gonna do that a lot this week. You know how many points? All right, you all right. Get? How many points do you get for doing that? Uh, three. Sometimes. Or, or one. Or one. Or one. True, it's true. You know, I got to tell you, this is a little bit of a dicey pick. Uh, the Raiders are real bad, and Detroit's real good. They are. Well, I think Jimmy G's going to be back, though. You're, you're counting on a field goal game. Boswell's uh, higher lower was five and a half points versus the Jags, where mm-hmm. I think the final score is going to be nine to six. And I didn't have a lot of confidence picking the higher. I mean, it sounds... We're going to have the nine, right? Well, yeah, but, well, you, uh, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> we got a safety. touchdown and yeah, missed t- extra point touchdown there. Touchdown and safety. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I wasn't feeling yeah. it, but I got Kenny. Yeah. All right, Guapa, we're, we're rooting for you, man. Thanks, buddy. Hoping you get to the, the number two win spot. Conrad? Conrad? NBA is back. Oh, no. And I'm moving my weekend warrior picks <laughs> to the NBA. <laughs> Thanks for that. Sports. Oh, I am going with Cade Cunningham. Okay. Hurry up and put up the graphic because I didn't even look at what the over higher lower was. You probably didn't send I, I it. took this because you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so fuck that. I'm going with the lower. I'm Nazi rushing 42 and a half. Yeah, I was right. going higher on the Cade Cunningham points tonight, but you know what? I'm not. Honestly, under. Honestly, Nazi. Lower. Lower. Uh, no, honestly, <laughs> I don't hate it. No, I actually don't hate it. I mean, it's gonna I be a Jalen Warren day. He just always gets, he always just gets the ball. They're down by X or something. Listen, Jalen. Jalen Warren. No, that's not why his, I don't hate it. He's gonna get his twenty-seven yards, and that's no, no, gonna no, be no, enough no. to win the that, game. That's not why I don't hate it. I don't hate it because Conrad just guaranteed that in this nine to six victory, the Steelers are gonna rush for one hundred and eighty-five yards. <laughs> yep, <laughs> guaranteed. Put it on the board, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so once again, collectively as a group, we're looking to go 4-1 and one this week. Uh, very excited for that. Congratulations, guys. Here's the leaderboard as it stands. Landon has still not been updated. He is 100% accuracy. But 100%. The, uh, what about Efro down oh, there? 
He was pretty mad about this shit. <laughs> He's not having it, man. Oh, He's huge. like, you're not going to be putting me on this fucking board with the zero every also, week. Also, huge shout out to Efro. He sent us a dozen boxes of runs. <laughs> <laughs> ah, my man. I've been picking through trying to find the bananas mm -hmm. all day. That's uh, how you know you're a fucking psychopath. Berkey's stomach ache thanks you. You're picking yeah, through it. looking for the banana. Like, oh. nobody does that shit. You're an absolute, okay. like, you know, okay, I do. First of all, <laughs> I definitely look for the first banana. Of all, oh, first of all, you can buy bags of runs that are just, just bananas. bananas yeah okay so fuck you number one yeah, number two all seven of you number two it's very clear that when they make these boxes of runs they don't evenly distribute the flavors the bananas are far and away the fewest that are in the box i don't know why they do this oh i know why why smart you get you to buy more boxes of course yeah it worked yeah. it probably works yeah. it's just so weird it right. doesn't cost any more to make the bananas they know what they're doing yeah. What what people over uh, Runs Corporation know what they're doing. Why are there so many limes? No one wants the limes like or the limes. grapes. I love the limes I like and grapes. grapes. It's always the the highest concentration you know is always the limes and the grapes. Because you're going to throw the limes away. And then you're and still going to be hungry box. for more runs. Yeah, and buy another box. How much percent of the box you is bananas? You buy something to throw away. Uh, I think 2% I think is bananas. I think 85% is... 2% is bananas. <laughs> I think 85% is limes and grapes. <laughs> there's 100 pieces in there. Yeah. There's only two bananas. There's only two bananas. And then you get a little bit of a mixed bag between the cherries. Next group yeah. activity, everybody gets a box of runs and then sorts them and yeah. sees if it's why do you actually This is why Efro sent a hundred bucks. Actually, kind of funny. I look over and I see Guapo's desk and he has a box of runs and he's literally picking out the, yeah. the bananas. Yeah, he has like two, <laughs> there's like two dozen limes just sitting on the on the table not being consumed. Bro, the limes are good. They are. But you're not allowed to say that, and like, you're, like you're just—it's written off, man. No yeah. more saying anything is good, okay? They're, they're not good. They're good enough. The only thing you're allowed to say from now on is something is bad. You're not allowed to say something is good <laughs> That's anymore. True. It, you true. have been revoked. We would like to know when you find something to it's be. It's already bad. understood that you think it's good. So when you find something bad, speak it's up. It's better than you think it is. <laughs> Call. It's higher. I can't take it. Oh, man. That's what he said. It's higher. When when we're examining things that are better than you think they are, let's uh, get to a couple of hands. These uh, ones are. Before we do that, I'm offended you guys didn't ask me for any picks. I was gonna. <laughs> I, I literally was gonna say, do you have any wrestlers that like maybe? No, honestly, you know, uh, wrestling's I have picks for the Rugby World Cup final and the Manchester Derby in the Premier well, League on, happening this weekend. Hold on. Let me, right, let, wait, wait. Let me let me see. Uh, I, mean, I don't have like actual legitimate picks. Uh, I just well, let me see what Underdog offers when it comes to the rugby final. Uh, uh, <laughs> the rugby yep. World Cup final is a big deal. Yep. Definitely, <laughs> like, it's on definitely not <laughs> on here. <laughs> definitely not. What else are we looking at? The <laughs> Manchester United versus Manchester City. Uh, That's oh, right. Soccer. Soccer. No, nope, no soccer on here. Sorry. No way. They there's, gotta have. They soccer. have to have the soccer. Well, you're right. They're soccer. Yeah. I lied. Yeah, FIFA. I so lied. Soccer. Give me a player and they're over shots or higher shots <laughs> uh, for the for Sunday for the football. Yes. For the soccer, whatever. Uh, Ellie <laughs> Holland. He needs to know the line. Oh, right? Shots. Definitely. So it's probably going to be like... Oh, Manchester it's, City it's versus be, Manchester United? It's going to be... The line is going to be like 2.5 or something. Erling Haaland shots. All right. I like Sunday, that. Probably. He's, uh, five guy, he's an animal. Here we go. Man. Yeah. Erling Hanlon? Holland. Holland. H-A-A-L-A-N. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Point, point yep. Five, five goals. Higher or lower? Oh, higher. For sure. Here we go. Put for it on sure. the board. Put it on the board. All right. All right. Yes. I mean, that seems like a really obvious pick. Like, he's he broke the record for most goals in a season last year. Manchester United are having a terrible season. So. Man, fucking pads almost smashed a prop bet with that. 
He did. Yeah. He I mean, was, was so it was a close really good to show. smashing a prop he bet with really, that. He was really close. My um, God. It was the higher. <laughs> it, was a crazy, it was a crazy bet to make in yeah. theory, but like when you see how Harlan plays, it's a reasonable assumption that he would get 40 in a season. He got like 37. Something yeah, like so that. basically he um, he bet that Holland would have 40 goals in the Premier 40 season. 40 goals in the Premier League in his yeah. first season. Yeah. 38-game season. And and what was the record? The record was 32 in Jesus a 38-game season. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So Pat, Pad's bet on him you got like smashing the record. Infinite to one, right? It was, like, well, yeah. it was a lot to one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he bet on him smashing the record and getting forty in a season, and he got like thirty six or thirty seven. Yeah, so he did smash the record. He just didn't get forty. The wow. crazy part is the way he, how good he is. He had a chance to just get it the last game. Yeah, I mean, it helps <laughs> that he plays in, in the last game. possibly the best team of all time. But yeah. it's yeah, it's insane how good he is at every single aspect. So. Over over two over zero point five goals on Sunday is a pretty good bet. It's gonna be funny. Higher. higher. <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry. Yes, higher. Than well, it's it's gonna be funny because you're probably never gonna be here on a Friday again. So like, you're either gonna be on the board with one hundred percent forever or, or zero. zero. <laughs> well, honestly, if you guys will let me do Premier League picks every week, I'll come every Friday. Okay. Like, oh, 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 in there. If, if you let's if go. you guys don't force me to try to pay attention to the NFL well, or any other yeah. sport that I don't care about, like we'll let you call in for thirty seconds to just put in the Premier League. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I'll just yeah. do a Premier League. We're pick here every for weekend. it. Perfect. I love that. I don't right. know enough about rugby to have a pick for the final except for new zealand will probably win but other than that you know that's okay it doesn't look like they accept rugby action so you're mm -hmm. you're you're pretty safe there love it uh if you guys would like to get in on the action and uh maybe lay a wager on this pick him for uh man what is Underdog his name fantasy. no what is his name you something british guy on manchester erling holland he's, uh, erling holland, he's erling. norwegian you don't talk about my people like that <laughs> he's related to sven if you'd like to get your pick in and get, get your higher low on Sven, and like tied the hair back and made him like Let's 30% bigger. Sven's stuck on the screen. If you want in on this action, uh, you guys can head over to underdogfantasy.com or you can click the link below in the description or hit hashtag underdog in the chat to give you guys a link. They're doing a $500 match bonus bonus right now their pickums are fire you can do up to a six uh i think you can do six picks uh per contest and i believe that that pays 10 to 1 on your max bet so go ahead head over there now take advantage of this sign up bonus and uh big shout out to underdog for being the sponsor of the week thank you <laughs> now let's get to some hands shall we yeah. it's strat chat landon you ever turn top pair into a bluff and try to get someone off trips? Yeah. But yeah. You got to scroll yeah. back before that. It's like, you have a three back queen three off for no reason. <laughs> no. No. That is pretty wild. It's not wild. How many, wild and how it many gets three back queen four off? Yeah, he got there. Who's playing true. to win? That's true. He, clearly, I'm not playing to win if I'm not doing it. He clearly that. comes from the Faraz Jaka school of thought. Uh, we are going to give you guys uh, a little bit of a throwback to the NMPT uh, high roller at Mohegan Sun back in 2010 where Faraz Jaka made a deep run uh, in the event that Jason Mercier ultimately ended up winning. And I got to tell you, <laughs> of course these, he did. these early level <laughs> hands are just fun, man. <laughs> They're just fun. So I think the first one we have, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, is, uh, is not the main event. It's a hand played against Daniel where Faraz is drawing dead mm. and manages to work a fold versus Daniel. Legend. 
you you can go ahead and roll that little bit. Let's let's not play the whole five minutes. Maybe start at minute one. Wow, this is way back when. Oh, yeah. Buzz Jocko with 10-4 of hearts. He does like the suited cards and will raise the 1,500. Jocko raising under the gun with nothing. He's a cagey young American. Gibbons folds his nothing, for which out of the way. These shorthanded tables do favor aggressive players. Queen 10 for Lemke in the small blind goes into the muck. Negrano now in the big blind. Daniel looks down at Jack 10 off. Daniel usually adept at feeding off of aggressive players. You got plenty, right? Mm, like 27-ish. Chaka has a slightly bigger chip stack than Daniel, who needs 900 to call, and that's what he does, and he'll go heads up against his new nemesis, Jaka Jaka. Flop is nine king, Jack middle pair, and a gut shot for Daniel Negreanu. He checks. Jocka with the same gut shot straight draw as Daniel, bets 2,500. Daniel, check calls. Turn card now. Five of clubs, Negrano's still best, and he checks. Well, let's see if Jocko wants to continue to splash around with Squadoosh. Yeah, big splash, 5,500 chips. That's a third of Daniel's remaining chips. This is either fold or shove for him. You know, maybe his trap is in the repair shop? Because Daniel doesn't look like he's about to check raise right here. Daniel? Wow, lays down oh. the best hand. Why would Daniel call the bet on the flop and then fold on the turn? Why would Daniel <laughs> call the bet on the flop and, and then fold the on the turn? That's... Honestly, who the hell knows? Like, how do you fold there? <laughs> oh, he's playing insane. small ball, bro. Mm. Yeah, the small, small ball in those days was just like fold if you don't have it, I guess. Small ball in these days is fold if you don't have it. <laughs> I, I thought small ball these days was like one third pot every street. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that as well. Um, it's very funny. This I, I don't know. Oh yeah, I do remember how. But um, I randomly came across a thread that Daniel and I had from 2019, where we were going back and forth. Uh, he posed a poll that said, "Which of these hands would you rather open under the gun?" Uh, deep stacked early in a tournament and the four choices were king jack off ace nine off king four suited or seven five suited ah uh, yes this what king. do you think the overwhelming winner was i think what the winner what people thought i think yes. people probably said king seven jack. five suited but Correct. i would not uh, think that's actually that would right. be the and and honestly king four is king four king four what do you i was gonna say what do you think the least chosen one was probably the ace nine anyone else Maybe King Four, but it maybe should be King Four. It was King Four by a landslide. Yeah. Oh, oh, back in 2019, I guess. Yeah. Now, now we kind of mm -hmm. know that suited kings are pretty good. I well, guess. Yeah. we knew then, mm. based mm -hmm. off of this back and forth. But yeah. uh, <laughs> so the seven five suited was a landslide winner. It was like sixty five percent. King Four suited was chosen like eight percent, something like that. And then King Jack Ace Nine were kind of like a mix of fifteen percent ish each. Mm -hmm. And Daniel and I got into a big debate where. Um, he was basically trying to argue that 7-5 suited had greater upside potential with uh, lower downside. So in other words, you could play better small ball with 7-5 suited because you never get married to your hand uh, and you know it's easy to get away from like one pair type holdings whereas like that's clearly not true if you flop a king with king forward, yada, yada, yada. To which I countered and said, 
King High makes better flushes. King High makes stronger pairs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and we went back and forth for like, I don't know, 30 tweet exchanges <laughs> where, where like towards the end, uh, he was basically telling me that I, uh, I'm usually an out of the box thinker and he can't understand why I don't, why I can't see this. And I was like, everybody's finally coming into my box. Like yeah. I just know you can play bigger pots with King four than you can with seven, five. And he's like, well, seven, five makes straights. It's like, yeah, but like, that's the least probable way that you're going to make a strong hand with seven, five. You're going to make dominated trips. You're going to make dominated flushes, you know, all these hands that aren't going to be able to play all in. And your version of small ball is actually going to be limiting your upside with these types of hands when they make strong hands. Cause you're going to be forced to bluff catch with them. Yeah. And right. we're, we're also like that we're not in the era anymore that when the flop comes eight, six, four and you flop a straight with seven, five, just, like, stack people are just like stacking mm -hmm. tens on right. that board. Like that doesn't happen for a hundred bigs anymore is the way it used to. You know? Right. How do we feel about opening 10, four suited? Well, so that's what I was getting at. <laughs> uh, so based off of that thread and the fact that it was 2019 and this is like, you know, post Daniel getting better and like, you know, right on the verge of him playing Doug heads up. So like he was clearly training. Uh, I imagine if we go back to 2010, Daniel, it was very conditioned to the environment. And small ball was certainly a byproduct of, you know, kind of getting used to not facing double and triple barrels very often. Then you enter Faraz Jaka. You throw in a little bit of a monkey wrench. 2010 mm -hmm. Faraz was pretty out there. The toilet O was flushing mm -hmm. some shit. It was. You know, no pun in, well, pun, pun fully pun intended. Pun fully, yeah. fully intended. Uh, it's tough to play small ball versus somebody who's just willing to put the barrels in, right? Mm -hmm. And if we look at it mechanically from a sizing standpoint, it wasn't even that much pressure. It was a good flop size. He chose like three quarters pot, I think, on uh, yeah, King Jack like Nine. Yeah, two thirds or something. Yeah. yeah, really good flop sizing. Scaled down to half pot on turn, which isn't really all that threatening, but it was a third of Daniel's stack, as uh, Norman pointed out in the commentary. And you could tell by the time frame, Norman's response was, well, it's push or fold time. Mm -hmm. right. Guy bet a third of your stack. You're either all in or you're mucking. And it's like, well, shit, that, there aren't a lot of hands that can be all in here if you take that mindset. <laughs> yeah. Also, imagine, imagine Daniel, imagine jamming Jack 10 there. Like, you literally never get better to fold, and you literally never get worse to call. Like, right. If you are actually playing shovel fold with Jack 10 there, or if... Let's say if Faraz has successfully made it so that Daniel is now playing push or fall with Jack-10, it's hugely beneficial for Faraz because there's tons of hands in Faraz's range that are just going to have super easy decisions there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what do we think about um, analyzing this hand, I guess, from modern-day theory? Uh, what do you think of Faraz's double barrel, and what do we think of Daniel's fold? I think the double barrel is pretty good. Yeah, like I was just gonna say, like, <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, honestly, if you're gonna got, have got ten the, four suited in range, got the ten blocker. Yeah, you you have a ten, like you kind of have to barrel it. Um, one thing that is kind of interesting about this footage is, I think it was a bounty tournament. Yeah, and I think Faraz has Daniel covered. Right. Uh, which makes his open less bad mm -hmm. because when you have the big blind covered you have a decent incentive to play more pots you're also playing six-handed so like if he had like 10 seven suited here i don't think anyone would really think this hand was particularly remarkable you know so like yeah he's three pips down from what he probably should have but like having a suited hand and opening wide and just barreling off like based on the assumption that everybody's just going to fold a lot which they did in 2010 probably not that bad um folding jack 10 on the turn just seems wild to me 
it's it's super tight. Honestly, five years ago, I would have thought this this folded to be very standard. Even five years ago? Uh, that was 2018, man. Seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. Seven years ago? Yeah. yeah. I, I would say that... Let me rephrase. Seven years ago, I personally would have thought this fold is standard. Like, mm -hmm. if I face a double barrel versus under the gun, I would have just thought, like, I'm beat. Yeah. Almost always. Five years ago, I would have thought this fold would be commonplace by the people in my pool. Mm -hmm. So, if I double barreled under the gun twice, I would expect Jack-10 to respond by folding. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the real difference maker here, or the reason why it's not really feasible to advocate for folding here. It's just because we have that, the gut shot, you know, it's right. because if we, we had like, win. if we had, yeah, exactly. If we had Jack eight, I think it becomes very, very reasonable to fold because yeah. Jack without a gut shot, it gets pretty weak in that spot against under the gun. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you have just like pair plus gut shot, you just have so much equity. Like right. you, you just, are, you have so much equity blocking power, you know, way to, ways to improve. Like you can just check the river and you just win. Like it, I think for decades, the game was translated to best hand or not best hand. Yeah, it absolutely mm -hmm. was. It was all about equity. Like what hand do I think my opponent has right now? Like mm -hmm. what exact hand do you have right now? Not what's yeah. your range, not how much equity do I have, but do I have the best hand right now based on all kinds of weird factors? Like how do I feel about, this like what kind of vibe are they giving yeah. off right you know, i mean like the difference now versus way back when is the best players don't look at hands and say i put you on x like mm -hmm. way back when that was the idea of what made daniel so good right people played their ranges face up and their hands face up where like the true skill was knowing what two cards somebody actually yeah. had and how you're doing versus right them. i think that that really speaks to the difference in how we measured equity now we understand that you just have an aggregate and like the overall equity of jack 10 is way too high to ever fold here right and that's considering it against all hands that could potentially bet twice mm -hmm. but back then the way like, oh, if he has a king then that, you know if he has you would king go through 10. the process of like yeah if he yeah, has king, king 10, 10 i'm well, dead I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm literally dead. Right, right. My equity is shit. Right. If he has queen tight, I'm dead. Yeah. Like, Sometimes he has 10-4. Well, like something that Faraz <laughs> did really, really well back then that people didn't do, and it's called the whole like crazy metric, but he was good at polarizing in a field where people thought that polarizing bets were always value. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very true. So and, it's like, oh, and shit, you could like, polarize by not going that big. Like overbeds didn't right. really you exist You could just back bet then. twice. Right. right? Just Especially betting, in tournaments. Like yeah. the polar action was choosing to bet or not bet, mm -hmm. not the size of the bet. Right. Where now it's like, oh, if you go fucking 3x pot on the turn, you're polar. Mm -hmm. not, back then it's like you bet 75% on the turn. Oh, shit, he's got it. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, he could have just checked. This was yeah. an era when overbets were just not really a thing. Right. Like mm -hmm. the, the idea of just taking a, a geometric strategy at deep stacks and just betting really big on the turn with the intent to jam the river, not a thing. Was Most bets were around half pot. Isildur was like the first kind of guy to start overbetting a ton. Dur was before I think Isildur. Dur, yeah. yeah Dur, Dur was doing it in an era when it was just not really seen at all. And people kind of, I think, had an inherent recognition that it was polarizing, but people didn't really understand how polarization worked at that time. And so it was very much about you have to decide not is he over bluffing, under bluffing, whatever, but you have to decide what you think he has right now. And you don't know, right? It's like you don't know if he's bluffing or if he has value. And that, that was the value of polarization there, that it put people in this guessing spot. I think a lot of that was born out of um, bluffing not really occurring at a high enough frequency. Right. So just in general, when you faced a polarized bet, people didn't view it as a nuts or nothing range. Mm -hmm. They just viewed it as a nutted range. Yeah. In general. Right. Yeah. Right. So it got way too much credit. Um, I can remember discussing this concept with like 
Lamana and a few others, like 2010, 2011, maybe. Right around when this was being played. Yeah, where um, in a lot of live games, I would find spots where uh, my range would consist of the strongest possible holdings. So like three bet pot and it comes like six, six, five, something along those lines. Um, and I'm just like pretty confident my opponent has an overpair somewhere between like sevens and jacks uh, on runouts that would like, you know, basically stay static or like double pair the board. So like six, six, X, six, six, five, X five, stuff like that. I would execute river over bets because I didn't understand polarization fully, but what I understood is if I can do this with ace king, uh, I would also just do this with a six or a five. And I would just basically only do it with one end or the other of my polarized range dependent upon my opponent. So it's like, oh, I think he has an overpair here. And like, he just is very uh, proud and won't stack off with an overpair here. So like, I'm only going to bluff shove river for pot and a half. Um, but if I have like aces or a full house here, I'm just going to bet like three quarters pot right. and give him the chance to call. And then I would just do the inverse versus like non-believers. Be like, oh, this guy's just like never folding uh, versus a big bet. So I'll bluff cheap and hope it works. And then I just like catch him at bottom and I'm wrong. Or I'll just jam with value and like he'll just happy look me up with pocket sevens. And that, that's mm-hmm. pretty solid exploitative strategy even today. Like yeah. if you just do that, you're going to do pretty well. If yeah. you can identify accurately who are the overfolders and who are the over it, It's a lot tougher to identify now, I think. Right. People are a lot better at, at curating bluff catches. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the era I'm talking about, people like very routinely folded top pair to multiple bets. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it, these days like a lot of players will be five ten percent either side of the line in terms of bluff catching frequencies right. and it's a lot harder to know exactly where the line is and exactly what side they're on but back then and even to a certain extent in some environments now or in some specific spots you will find people who are like they're supposed to call you know 35 percent in this spot and they're actually calling five percent you know mm-hmm. just egregiously overfolding. yeah um and i think uh, uh th- this is a good segue into demonstrating just like how intolerant to big bets people were back then uh this second hand that we're going to look at i don't know that i've ever seen a hand this strong so casually folded <laughs> but like thinking back on it whenever i i talk about this time frame um people really did routinely just like have a top pair type holding I'm fired in the muck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a top pair type holding on a rather dry board is pretty equivalent to having trips on the river facing a raise. So uh, let's go ahead and roll this one for us, Guap. This is a wild one. Yeah. Each. I'm not big on stripes, but that's the same shirt Jason Mercier wore when he won the EPT San Remo, so he's hoping it's lucky again. Absolutely. Matt Glance with ace nine off suit. Glance very close with Barry Greenstein. I don't know which one talked the other into growing a beard. <laughs> Raised a 3,000. There is Sean Buchanan. He lays it down. Faraz Jaka on the button. With a tray. He likes those. And a queen. He's the only person to make the first two NAPT bounty shootout final tables. And he's going to re-raise it to 8,000. He's got Moxie. Vasquez, ace jack of hearts in the small blind. Before becoming a pro, Vasquez worked for a drywall company and once drove forklifts, so thank goodness for poker. <laughs> and he'll come along for 7,400 more. And you see the red box next to a player's name indicates if they're on the button or one of the blinds. Stein folds his big blind, Glance gets out of the way. Jaka's managed to get heads up against the best hand. It is queen, five jack, Jaka with top pair. Vasquez hits middle pair. 
Why wouldn't Jock outflop him? That's all he ever does is outflop his opponent. Vasquez checks, and Jocka checks quickly behind him. Turn card another Jack Vasquez with Trip Jackson. Now he has a big advantage. And he's going to bet it 11,000. Lewis has some support here in the room. Friend Tony Montero. 11,000. Jocka with a pair of queens makes the call. Jocka's got to think he's still good. His friend doesn't look too comfortable. River card now is a six. Vasquez has this hand locked up with a trip jacks. And he's going to bet those jacks. A little less than half the pot, 19,000. Faraz Jocka now with a big raise, 81,000. Jocka overbets the pot with that raise, but he has run into a huge hand for Vasquez. Trip jacks with ace kicker. Check us so fast. Vasquez not sure he's best. Is he thinking Jocka's slow played a set on the flop? Jocka's raise is for almost all of Vasquez's remaining chips, but even if Vasquez thought he was beat here, he's got a call, no? He is squirming. So few hands beat it, but he's going to lay it down, Norman. Wow. God, I love that Folded feeling. shows it and tells the table. My goodness, Jocka's heavy pressure convinces Vasquez to fold. But the, the feeling when someone and folds a hand that's way too trade. strong and they should never fold. But they're just showing me the hand, and as oh, it's yeah. leaving their, it's their hands, I'm just like, penis is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, you just did what? <laughs> I can't even show you my there, fucking hand, man. There is something, <laughs> yeah. there is something really satisfying about a hand that you never intended to attempt to get to fold. Right. I mean, he was obviously trying to get him to fold a better queen. I I would assume, assume so. Right. Yeah. It's I tough don't think to, he's like, I can get him off a track I mean, here. we can talk about it, but it's kind of tough to follow the logic of like why our hand is bluffing. Right. Um, in this no. particular instance. But yeah. yeah, I played a hand a couple weeks ago versus uh, one of our fun players where I had eight, six, I think I told this hand on air, but it was a three bet pot where he cold called the three bet. I was the three better and it came ace nine seven. I had eight six uh, and it checked to me or sorry, he just let out as the cold caller. I called turn um, was uh, a brick and it checked through. River or sorry, check to me and I bet small. He called. Uh, we were three ways on the turn. We go heads up to the river and the river's another ace. And he checks or sorry, he I get this hand all fucked up. Yeah. He blocks. Uh, so he bet river for um, kind of biggish, like 40% pot. And I was just like, oh, he just like cold called tens or jacks or queens. And the second ace gave him confidence in his hand. And I have like half pot behind. So I think he led for like 8K on the river and I have 28K total. So I just stuff with eight high and seemingly no fold equity. <laughs> and I'm just trying to get pocket pairs to fold. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of like, okay, like this guy's saying he has an ace. He was the three better pre. He just called me on the flop. He bet turn whenever he checked to him and now he's jamming river. Like, you know, pretty clear. I have a hand like ace, king, ace, queen. Well, I'm not trying to get someone to fold ace, king, or ace, queen. But... But <laughs> about two minutes into the tank, he's oh, like, I have a really good hand. And I'm like, me uh, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> her, her, her. And he goes, this good? And he just rolls over ace king suited. I'm like, okay, well, we can stop wasting everybody's time here. Yeah. <laughs> but he ended up folding. And I'm just like, oh, man. Incredible. What a feeling <laughs> that is. Incredible. Just the power of river raises, I guess. Yeah. I um, got a feeling. Ooh. 
See, uh, I, I always get the slightly worse version of that where they right. think about folding a hand that you were never expecting them to fold, but then they don't end up actually right. folding mm -hmm. it. Right. Right. So yeah, like yeah. you get called and you're like, okay, you called and you're like, oh, well, I wasn't trying to get you to fold that. I'm happy with my bluff now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would have rather yeah. you folded. Yeah. I made, I made, as soon as I saw the hand, I made peace with the fact that I just lit 28,000 on fire. Yeah. And then everything that happened beyond that point was just complete and utter bliss. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, I could have never expected to get any portion of this pot back. Berkey yeah. went immediately to his Instagram and started fucking buying some off-brand shit from fucking IG. <laughs> He's like, oh shit, I got next to 20K. That's why I got <laughs> this shirt. <laughs> Does Instagram let you spend like EV money now? Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah or when I have when I have wins that I don't deserve, I just immediately go shopping. Yeah. That's right where I got this shirt, huh? They take Skolansky uh, bucks. That's right. Honestly, if someone made an Instagram store that marketed to poker players and you could buy with your EV, I think a lot of poker players would really, you know, would really fall for that. I think it'd be a good investment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You would love to have all the EV I've left on the fucking day. <laughs> all right let's talk a little bit about this hand so uh of course pre-flop it's just is what it is man we're in the wild wild west this is 2010 we're three the queen three off we're, we're fucking there. around and finding out glance hey glance is stepping out man he's opening ace nine off under the mm -hmm. gun one <laughs> fucking old man coffee he's gonna get slapped back a little bit by the young faraz he's gonna get put in his place okay so faraz is coming after a mark you know, everyone can see glances the spot at this table. <laughs> Faraz is coming after him, goddammit. Uh, now, my man here in the small blind, I imagine he's not still in poker. R.I.P., buddy. He's in the hospital. Uh, he, yeah, he's he's permanently in the hospital. He never I think he just won a poker after the, right. seeing this again. Yeah, that was it. This was the end of him. So Vasquez... Uh, he cold calls with the ace-jack suited. Again, like pre-flop, whatever, man. You know, I get it. We do these things sometimes. I remember cold calling 10s in the main event on day six versus a button three bet and just drilling a 10 and then leading three times into kings because I'm a genius, apparently. <laughs> wow, you're so smart. I was so smart. I was like, I'm going to cold call. I'm going to make a set and I'm going to bet three times. And that's exactly what I fucking did, Landon. You know what? It worked. I doubled up. Um, okay, so... I mean... You know, All right. yeah. <laughs> I'm a G. Uh, so we get the queen jack five two diamond board and we have the black queen three off small blind checks Frost chooses to check back things is probably pretty good yeah one I mean, of our worst queens I would assume you would expect you would one expect of our a board like this ones, to yeah. actually smash a cold caller pretty hard yeah like you would expect them to have a lot of ace queens ace jacks you know, even some some sets here occasionally so like yeah I think checking back a lot there makes a lot of yeah, uh, so we protect our range. We do check back. Turn, it looks like we face about third third pot-ish? Half pot. Uh, I think that 31k is after the 11, so it's okay. half, half pot. So think, about yeah. half pot. Uh, and Faraz follows through with a call. Now the river is going to be a brick. Six of clubs. And we're going to face about half pot again. <laughs> half pot is a common theme in 2010 poker. Oh, yeah. Very, common, would, bet yeah. Half very, very, very common bet size. Very, very, very common bet size. It's basically the only bet size in a lot yeah. of spots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we played no limit technically, but really we played a fixed version of spread limit. We played half limit. pot limit. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do we think about Faraz's choice to effectively jam here? It's super weird. Like it's pretty it weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It, I mean, you have a bluff catcher, but you're turning it into a bluff. You're kind of blocking the stuff that you're trying to get to fold. You beat all the bluffs. Like you, it's just really weird because unless you think he's going to fold a jack or unless <laughs> you specifically think he has a better queen, which is rare when you have a queen, 
it's yeah it's just really weird by the way this um, is how ag aggro players bluffed back then right you just take a hand that has some medium amount of value and bluff with it instead of calling with well it. the reason is because those are the only hands that we would get to the river through exactly. this line yeah. with mm -hmm. right we wouldn't check back the flop with nothing right we would just bet yeah <laughs> if you had on this board if faraz has a flush draw straight draw whatever he's just betting turns almost every single time yeah so the only hands he has left to turn into bluffs are a lot of these weak would have like queen x would have like tens yeah basically hands that when we face that half pot on the end our options are be disciplined and fold because you know that you're beat or jam all in Go for it because you know that you're beat right mm -hmm. right there was never that option of like oh he might have king 10 suited no right didn't even cross anybody's mind yeah. it was it was i know i'm beat mm -hmm. so which path of destruction would i like to head down <laughs> honestly like King ten suited probably isn't in his range here. Like right. He probably like not that many people are. He would just check calling. River. He would well, fold pre flop. It would fold pre. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm probably, I don't card. think that there's a lot of king ten, king nine, ten nine suited that's oh, cold calling pre. Yet. There were some splashing I mean, back in the day. Yeah, there was some, yeah, but like this is relatively deep in a tournament. Like even yeah. nowadays, people aren't splashing that much with those hands from the small blind. Yeah, I mean, we're at the 1K blind level, so it's not super deep. Oh, okay. I, for some reason, I thought we were deeper. I don't know why. It was only a 30 person event. Ah, okay. So they're probably down to like two tables okay, at this point. Sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it really does speak to the time, man. Poker was a different fucking animal. It, it everything really distilled down to very black and white metrics of, uh, I assume this, and then we replace the word assume with no, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it starts with I assume I'm beat, and then it's like no, nah, I know I'm beat. So uh, the absolute value of my hand is irrelevant now. And it just comes down to, I think he'll fold. No, I know he'll fold, right? So you just jam. Mm -hmm. And then honestly, if you look at that era, like the 2008 to 2011 era, the, some of the biggest winners, both online and live, were the spews. Yeah. They Duh. were the spewiest I mean, players. Duh won all the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Dare era. just playing every single hand. Yeah. Like, Blow above. Playing. Blow yeah, above. Yeah, another one. Uh, Mormon. <laughs> the Chris Oliver. Right. right. Uh, the Mizrakis were different. They were loose passive. Huh. They just played every goddamn hand to the river. Lil Hold'em. Lil Hold'em. He was laggy. Uh, Mormon. Chris Oliver. Uh, Vanessa. Faraz, like these guys were all massive winners. They had major titles both online Jason and live. Jason, too. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, to an extent, he was Jay, more calculated. Jason was probably considered conservative by right. the bunch. He was, he, I think he was just more calculated. Very which, much so. Which I, made it, which made him even that much better. Yeah. I imagine when Jason bluffed most of the time, it was with nothing. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, yeah. I got here. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Just like call it some basic. Solver strat. Like you look at Queen Three, like in a post scenario, and be like, okay, I can like I can see bet check back bluff catch river, mm -hmm. versus the I'm gonna check back, see what happens, call and then make that decision. Well, Jay the, was really good. Not that he would ever have Queen Three there, right, but that, like let's say course. he had a hand like Queen Nine suited. Jay was just really good in that he would check back that flop, he would call the turn, and then he would just like muck a hundred percent of the time on the river versus that guy, mm. right? And then versus like Faraz, he would like call 100% of the time on that river. Yeah. You know, that type of stuff. He was yeah. just like really, really good at profiling the environment and knowing how to deviate hard into one extreme or the other. Yeah, it's funny because like call it new school thought of 
like aggressive players in this way like oh this aggressive stuff would never really work in this environment and it doesn't work versus studied players in this environment like you're gonna get your fucking head cut off for doing stuff like this Mm -hmm. but if you end up doing this back in the day you actually have to respect why this works and Mm -hmm. to be clear there are still environments where this exists because everything we're watching play out here is predicated upon fear and uh the inability to to risk so risk aversion right that still exists at some beginner level somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Whether you're talking about, you know, micro stakes online or you're talking about your local one-two casino, in the right mix of people, you're going to find the most extreme shit. I told this story before uh, when I was dating uh, my girlfriend at the time, Catherine, in 2014. I took her to play 1-3 at the win and I sat behind her like, like a studious little boyfriend. <laughs> and I watched this hand go down where it was straddled. She limped under the gun with queens it got limped six ways. The button made it like, uh, I don't know, like $30. Uh, she had she had 100 in front of her. She calls the 30, and then one of the limpers back jams, and she folds. She just like flashes it to me proudly and just mucks. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I don't want to lose all your money. I can't believe you didn't break up with her then. It was over. Yeah. I was like, honestly should have just got up and like, all right, keep the money. Yeah, it was I was going to ask whether you broke up with her because of the hand or whether she <laughs> broke up with you because of how you reacted to her. No, the hand no I actually, I, I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, we actually still joke about it to this day, but it, it was one of those things where I asked like, what was the driving cause in the decision? Cause she knew Queens were a good hand. It wasn't like she was ignorant to hand rankings. I was like, you know, what would what would cause you to fold queens in a spot like that where there's just so much money out there to win? And she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to lose the hundred dollars. <laughs> it's like it's not even a whole buy-in. <laughs> you only had thirty-five blinds, mm-hmm. like, you know. So this this fear and risk aversion, it 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 exists across the board. It's just so much more evident now because people who think that way become marks so fast. Yeah. Whereas like back then. You know, not not that this is uh, a slight to him. He's just the easiest person to focus on because he was one of the biggest names and he had a very specific style attached. But like Daniel's style was kind of born out of risk aversion, right? And it was it was meant to take advantage of those who are risk averse as well. But it had its own baked in risk aversion yeah. into Never the strategy. Put my stack at risk. Correct. Like he faces a double barrel versus a maniac and he has second pair and a gut shot and it's just an auto fold. Mm-hmm. Man, when he won the super high rollable last year, he even said something like, I was only all in for my tournament life once or yeah. something like this. Where it's like, when you play tournaments, you have to be all in for your tournament life a lot. Yeah, Most of the Daniel. time. But yeah, like it's just like some things still stay the same. Like some guys are still going to be that aggressive profile and like stereotype. Like sometimes the tricks that you use from way back when will still kind of well, there's still happen over and over. Yeah, there's again. always going to be an underlying element of psychology, right? It's a two-way street. There's the psychology of the environment that you're playing in, and then there's your own personal psychology that you project out into the environment that you're playing in, right? So, if you take a lot of pride in not being at risk, in you know navigating through all of these spots in a very tiptoe kind of manner where you don't disturb or disrupt anything, and you never really put yourself in harm's way then uh, you know, you're very likely going to be taken advantage of every single step along the way. And all of that adds up. That's the biggest thing that I don't think people understand is that when you shy away from aggression, those small errors that you're making that you may not even feel like are errors is compounding EV that your opponents are stealing from you, right? And they're doing it collectively. 
Like when you just fold a hand that's too high up, a hand that has way too much equity, like middle pair and a gut shot. When you just start folding that, it's not like you can say like, oh, well, this is a vacuum scenario in a spot where me preserving chips in this situation will give me a greater edge because I'm at a soft table and yada, yada, you know, all the reasons why we can justify doing certain things, right? What actually ends up happening is a behavior begins to form where that EV is now being distributed to everybody who gets to play that spot against you moving forward. And you can never recoup it because the amount of equity that you need in order to recoup it is so high and so unlikely for you to have that you force yourself into a situation where your range has to be like purely trapping in order for you to accumulate chips. And that's kind of like the biggest pitfall that not just entry-level players uh, fall into the trap of. I mean, that's where it begins, right? But as you graduate through the stakes and you get good at the game, but you get good at the game through a certain lens, through the adaptation of environment, right? Through um, being able to look around at your table mates and have a, a conception of what you believe them to be doing. When you get good at navigating that realm, but you're not technically sound, you're fucking punting. Yeah, I mean, mm. don't get me wrong. It's... The people, like, I mean, I'm definitely a victim of the lack thereof of fear, like the lack of risk uh, aversion in some cases. And that's not a good thing. Like, sometimes that's actually just a very bad thing predicated on the environment, right? You play tournaments, final two tables. You play tournaments, final three tables. Like, at some point, you need to be attuned to the environment and how the environment plays, where if you're not playing, call it a uh, super high roller bowl or a poker 10K where everybody's a professional and knows the edges are so small versus final two tables of a WPT 3,500 or final two tables of like a 1,600 NAPT. Yeah, you don't want to get right? in the habit of pushing phantom edges, right? You don't want to take a hand that's like neutral in theory or maybe winning extremely small in theory, but is sensitive to the variables to the point where if people are just playing tighter than that, you're torching, right? And I think that that's kind of what you're speaking to is when you're accustomed to playing tough competition where everybody is relatively level and the edges are really small, you have to start pushing everything you believe to be plus EV. So if it's winning 0.001 big blinds... It's not zero, just frequency-based. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're just like, gotta run. Gotta run it, right? Like, I'll roll for it, but like if it comes high, then I'm, I'm going for it. Yeah, you know, that kind it. of thing. But if, if you're in those nodes often enough you're going to find that those exact candidates are going to be very sensitive to the variables. And if we swap the variable out to, oh, I forgot though, my opponent is like 20% too tight in this particular node. Like dead. he just doesn't have all these hands that he's supposed to have opening preflop from the hijack. Now all of a sudden what was once a neutral spot for you is just torching. Right. And there's a difference between getting a result that you don't want Versus the range that you can apply. Yeah. Right. Good example being caught last uh, last year, not this wheel two, is the one last year. Uh, made day two of a, I want to say it was a it was a three k turbo or five k turbo. I think it was three k. Three k turbo. Yeah. Uh, cut off opens. Uh, the guy ended up winning it all. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, German Sven archetype. Uh, Sven <laughs> archetype opens cut off, and I'm the small blind with thirty bigs and threes. And like I know that this guy's opening wide, if not wider than yeah, what theory is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. uh, so I pile thirty, and back like call, even back then, like things move fast. Uh, 
big blind folds like was omc ish type it was like i think cutoff's gonna go for it more i get snapped by aces and i lose like you can't look back at that spot and say why did you do such a thing when you know where the edge of the spot comes from yeah right the edge of the spot doesn't come from the guy having aces it comes from the race fold gap that exists mm -hmm. and you target what you deem to be fair in a spot that makes sense and then you can't look at getting an unfortunate result and thinking that you're dumb or wrong or stupid. Right. But that happens so much of the, did I really need to take this spot here? Like I had 30 bigs. That's a lot, you know, like, can I weave, can I navigate, but this might be the best spot you get in the entire tournament from this spot down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like, you know, if instead of, uh, taking that spot versus the terminator, you're taking it against, uh, you know, random Joe, then you're fucking torching. Yeah, especially if you think Random Joe's RFI range, instead of it being 40%, is 20. Right. Right? Because it's definitely still truer. Someone like in the Random random Joe sense, uh, they open off the 20% range, you pile threes, and then they tank fold sevens in your face. Yeah. Right? That yeah. happens too, but that doesn't make the threes jam The gap jam still good. isn't wide enough. Exactly. Yeah. You're targeting the dead money. You're right. not targeting... Uh, less thereof when they have the full right like that's that's the big thing that i i think speaking to the gap is the biggest thing to to really put across because oftentimes we'll just simplify things and be like but he folded a better hand in that spot clearly my bluff is good yeah. uh that's not entirely true if the construction of the range is so tight that there isn't much of a gap between the hands that call and the hands that fold. Maybe he's just folding that, those hands that are slightly better than yours because his range is so fucking tight and he's calling so much that he can't justify it with what he deems to so be the bottom. So that would be like his little little sliver of the bottom that you you got lucky enough yeah, that he actually that you found. had. Where sometimes right. like you attack all this and get, get unlucky that you hit the top versus you attack so small and you get lucky that you fold the exactly, bottom. Exactly. Sidekick. Yeah. I have an issue. Go on. I need a face for the Terminator. Mm. Who you got for me? Mm. It's, it's, it's for sure, Stefan. <laughs> it's Goose. Okay. It's, it's Goose, all for right, sure. All right, all right, I like that. Yeah. Why is he the Terminator? He, he just doesn't is. need to play that much anymore. Nah, it doesn't matter. He's just cold and calculated, man. I, uh, <laughs> if I was going to pick a Terminator for tournament, it can't Parker, be Cori. It's Stephen Chidwick. It could be no, yeah, but he's not German. I thought we were yeah. just choosing from Germans. Well, if, if, if we're picking from Germans... It, oh, it you can pick Mosbach. Okay, how has nobody Ooh, said Mario. the Mario Germinator Mosbach. yet? Oh. How has the nobody Germinator? made that pun? The Germinator? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why you need a British guy on the panel. You've got to have somebody who can find jokes like no, that. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's funny, too, because if we did the logical leap of how we got here, I picked the Terminator not even because it's a machine that just kills everything in its sight, but because it's played by Arnold. Yeah. It's just clearly the most prototypical German that we can He's grab. Austrian. He's Austrian. Same <laughs> fucking thing. Same thing. Prototypical German. All of our I mean, Austrian it, listeners you know, are yeah. now very mad at you. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it literally they just went up over the rolling hills to try to avoid the war. I understand. I respect them for it. <laughs> <They're all> <laughs> understanding of European history. I was going to say, little, yeah, I, was like, I was like, Burke, don't go down the path of European a history. Wait, there, are rolling, there are rolling hills there, right? Well, yeah. But okay. Austrians becoming Austrian to escape the war is not a thing. That's not, Austria has existed no, 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 for no, hundreds no. of no, years. Germans becoming Austrian to escape the That's war. That's also not a thing. <laughs> Guys, there's only one way to settle this. We need a map of Europe up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hunt versus Berkey in. A, I know what the boot oh, is. Man. Hunt versus Berkey yeah. in, in global geography. The, the boot is Spain. Oh, <laughs> yes, good job. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Good job. Oh, I'm kidding. Are you? 
No, yeah. It's <laughs> I mean, you can explain like a boot if you really like. Yeah, if we if we work on it that's a little bit. That's the Germinator. Okay. He's the his actual nickname is the Germinator. No, that's Mario Mosbach. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Intimidating, scary guy. Yeah, he just looks young. Hey, he looks like a nice guy. Yeah, he looks nice. He's young, young he looks nice. He'll fuck you up. No, he kind of looks like uh, Dario. Want, Not Dario. I want one. Uh, what's the other Italian kid's name? Yeah, Dario. Dario. San, San Martino. Martino. Or we San Martino. Yeah. Need, we need uh, to find a good Germinator. Dario is real soft at the table. He's he's not like somebody he's a mixed game guy. He's not you're not he's not scaring you or anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's Italian. Italians you have to are very friendly. You yeah, have to they're find jovial. A picture of somebody where if you bet half pot in the river, they might just jam for five X pot. Right. That's the fear. It's Adamo, but he's Australian, so that doesn't count. <laughs> he's the Australian name. And it's it's not even that he's intimidating, it's he's that he's a psychopath. psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> he actually looks like he belongs in a straight jacket. I don't think I've ever seen him with any facial expression other than just that stare. Right. I'm overbetting the river. Right. Precisely <laughs> why he belongs in a straitjacket. Yeah. <laughs> he literally just has the stare of I'm overbetting this river. Yeah. As he walks around with the clean stare. It's fucking great. It is great. You're good. Um, all right. Why don't we give away a seat? Yeah. Oh, I love giving away shit. All right. Well, we can't pound on the desk for everything. Oh, all man. Right, we gotta, has a new thing. All right. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll switch it up. Oh, okay. I mean, that's I, I don't a standard. Like that we, one will, we will give away a seat. I don't like that one either, but we are going to give away a seat. Uh, for everybody who's here that's listening live, just make sure that you've chatted at some point uh, in the last 30 minutes, I guess. Um, we're going to be populating. How many people we got in that population there? Guap. It's growing. We're at 35. Everybody yeah. smash the chat. Hit Wait, something how are in the we chat. Only at 35. Because it's the last well, 15 right minutes. Right now it's climbing. It was at 22. Now we're at 45. Wow. All right. You guys yeah. just haven't been talking all show, huh? Listen, if you want a chance, say something in the chat. It's the only way. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. We talked wait, wait, wait. for. Uh, we're in 15 minutes. Hold on, I, no, 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 no. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure Guapo had it set for 15 minutes. It's I only did. the last 15 oh, minutes. Okay. So, right, so we 15 talked minutes. for 15 minutes and only 22 people replied. Yeah, it's the same 22 people. Yeah, Probably every time. It's just Ephraim every time. time. People. Let's 75. <laughs> All right, we grow. The Why the fuck is Andre typing? He, he wants, wants the chance. <laughs> we are not giving that seat Fucking to him. Fucking Malaysian angle biter. He's not even in the country, and he's just typing trying mm -hmm. to get a seat. You can't blame yeah. him. Everybody oh likes free stuff, man. <laughs> sure. Who doesn't like free things? That's true. Um, all right, while we're, while we're going over this... Uh, Let's be sure that you guys are capable of getting out here. The rules are going to be very simple. We're just going to pick a member or a subscriber from the chat. Um, once we announce your name, we are just going to need you to give us your Twitter handle, and then we'll contact you via DM uh, to let you know how you can claim your prize. Well, a manager will be on You don't there. have to answer any crazy trivia no, questions? No crazy trivia, wow. nothing... Nothing too too outlandish today. Uh, we're just in a giving. Just got to be lucky. Yeah. I thought we were gonna ask who the youngest um, MVP of the Champions League was. <laughs> I thought that Who's was the question. MVP for of the Champions League. What's the Champions, Champions League, League doesn't have an MVP. Uh, the Bala, the Ballon d'Or. Ah, yes, that. Uh, Not the MVP. Yes. yes. Everyone, everybody, in our, everybody in our chat knows that. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Playable Jank, who's been a member for 12 months. And shout out to Noah Marianoff for the 999 Super Chat. He says, sweet seat time. Let's go. All right, Guapa, what are we at? Are we at 100 yet? We're at 105. Perfect. Run that shit. All right, let's do it. Let's give away a seat. We got about seat. a 1% chance to win. Everybody... Oh, I didn't chat. Hold Prepare. on. Members, you get extra luck. So, uh, oh, that's right. Extra luck for the members. Extra luck for the members. Looks and good. 
Looks good. Let's go. Right, One go. time, Conrad forget, Simpson, baby. If I pick you, I get five percent. <laughs> Come on, Jersey Joe. Max, Ooh, value, max value max. max max value max getting max value let's go channel member shout out to max value max uh go ahead and hit us up with your twitter name put your twitter handle in the chat please get that twitter handle in the chat please. max pescatory <laughs> <laughs> he's on that twitter grind just trying to trying to get out here um is it one flight or two for for the main? Many flights. How many like main? How many many? There's got to be at least. I, th I four. think it's three, three or four. Four, yeah, three or four, maybe. A minimum yeah. three. Is it one a day or two a day? Five. It, <laughs> we should know this. But we, we should. Don't. Is it one a day or two a day? I think it's one a day. Okay. Uh, and I think it's four days, to be honest with you. Hmm. <clears> hmm. <throat> I don't. Looks like Max uh, Value has. Uh... Yep, there he is. All Where right, is Max it? Value. Oh, got him. All right. Conrad will be in touch. Congratulations, Max. Assuming that is your real name. Uh, we'll be seeing you at the NAPT. I imagine we're all going to play day one-ish. Day 1A, rather. Wait, uh, what date? Or sorry, what day of the week does uh, The 6th is on a... I think that's a Friday. Friday. It is. No, no it's, it's a, a Monday. Monday. Way off. All right, we're way off. Um, okay, yeah. Let's just all plan on playing it after the podcast. Mm, we'll all do be it. down there on 1A firing Iron that away. way Conrad can have the opportunity to play maximum bullets mm. last I mean, longer uh, uh, yeah okay. swap no. <laughs> what 1% one, one swap I'm, 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 I'm both board. a bad I'm a good bet against for the last longer and a very poor swap with $100 last longer yeah we're in okay. everybody in I, sure. that's a good that's yeah, a good price sure. point sure yeah because it's a free 100 from me for sure and uh in this amount where if you won the last longer you'd be very happy i just want to swap with landon so i win mm, yeah landon swap yeah. run good it's pretty fun yeah landon yeah. does swap run good now, mm -hmm. I, I think he's running good on the swaps it has to has to be drying up mm. yeah like regressing just, to the mean yeah. yeah it can't happen like forever this is like this is dog shit maybe this is the time i shower him I'd i did shower him in daytona and i got second <laughs> <laughs> we didn't swap. I know that's what I'm saying. I showered. Said, yeah, he showered. I you. didn't play. Well, I didn't give you your usual five percent. Is my mm. point. Well, I didn't expect it. It wasn't fair to. That's what I'm saying. I got second. <laughs> I also got second in Florida, and I don't think you had a piece of that one either. Which one? The the Florida one. The 30k. Yeah, the 5k. <laughs> the 30k yeah, turbo. The, the six bullet 5k. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. You know what you did have though? All of my World Series action. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You won. I broke dead yeah. fucking even. Oh, really? Did you? Yeah. I mean, mm. I, I thought you cashed like most of the events you played. I did. Still broke dead even. Yeah, yeah. he was in the twenty-five k for one, ten k for two. Right. He didn't cash the twenty. He didn't cash the biggest one. Which is I did not cash the. I didn't cash that or the main. Yeah. Um, That's brutal, man. I thought you had a really good series. <laughs> yeah. So did I. I mean, yeah, you had a I chance. Think, I think I went like seven for eleven or seven for twelve. Yeah, I remember you having a bunch of caches. But my biggest cash was like seventy k. And then and my average buy was like 9k. Like basically just all the higher buy-ins mm -hmm. you just bricked? Uh, no, my biggest cash was in a 10k, but my average buy-in was like incredibly high. Right. Secret yeah. bounty, because they didn't even know what the structure was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The structure See, the, was a secret the to everybody. The structure is a secret. The I, bounties are a secret. I didn't deserve a single penny in that event. I made day two with like six bigs. <laughs> 
We spun, baby. Yeah. Brick Storm X twice. Man. I don't have the heart for that. Let's go. Yeah, talking about winning tournaments. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Jesse Lonis. He's done it again. Of course wow. he did. He won 10K Turbo at um, Aria for like 189. Baby, and and Hendrix got second for like 120 something. Good week for wow. Hendrix. Yes, Just won the PLO. Yep. So congrats to them. Yep. Baby run good. Congratulations, Jesse. When are you going to have a child? I don't count. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> Clearly, you don't run good enough to have a child. <laughs> I don't know. I would say my... my Biological. Uh, <laughs> Guapa, you're yeah. on point with this time in this I, I would say I would say my run good increased some magnitude once I began raising you. Maybe not as much as, like, you know, having my own organic child, but... Guapa has a really good instinct for when discussion's about to go way off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. music. He's like, that's yeah. it. We're like, there. Uh, congratulations again to Max for winning the NAPT seat. Uh, Connor will be in touch. Hope to see you on day 1A. If not, best of luck. Maybe we'll all see you on day 2. We're going to be back again Monday at noon. Stay tuned and stay safe this weekend. We'll see you guys all then. Later, squad. Peace. Brian, I